Hey everybody, this is Lucas from Coastal Vineyard. Just wanted to say thank you for downloading this podcast or maybe picking up a CD after service. We love you and we are praying for you. We believe that your best days are yet to come. So expect the best. We hope that this message inspires you and moves your faith into action. So sit back and enjoy. So the very first one's going to be in Joel 2, 28. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth. Next scripture is going to be from Proverbs. A man's heart plans his ways. But the Lord directs his steps. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. These are three verses. Maybe you have heard them before. Maybe it's your first time. This morning I want to talk about these three verses and plans, dreams, visions, uh, when I first say the word vision, all kinds of things can pop into your mind. Exactly what is having a vision? What is our vision? Well, this morning, for this morning, I'm defining vision as this. Vision is simply the future the way that you see it. Your future, the future around you, the way that you see it. Now, that could be either way. That could be good or bad. You could have a vision for a good future, for plans for a hope, or you could have a vision for... A negative future for, oh man, everything's going to go wrong. Everything's going bad. So our vision is, as we're defining it this morning, is basically the world the way that we see it. How do you see the world? What is your vision for the future? Often what's asked, uh, a lot of people ask me, well, what's the vision for the church? Uh, I kind of want to turn around and say, well, what's your vision for your life? What do you see yourself doing? And uh, here's the thing, though. When we start talking about vision, if you have, kind of like me, if you have the type A personality, um, the very first thing that your mind kind of goes to when people start talking about visions and the future and hopes and, and all these things and everything that can be accomplished, the first question that pops up into my mind, at least, is how? Okay, well, that's great. It's great that we think about all these plans and visions and all these hopes, but how are we going to get there? How, how is all this possible? So there's this instant kind of checklist in my head of how are we going to get it done. And the problem with this is this is often where vision stops for most people. Uh, we get stuck on the how. We get stuck planning and mapping our course, and we never just take that step of faith. We never just kind of, there's, I don't know, but okay, God. And here's the reality of the situation. God doesn't always give us the plan. God doesn't always spell it out clearly. I want you to do A, B, C, and D. Sometimes God says things like this. Sometimes he says, uh, go. Okay. And that's all he says. Sometimes, just like with uh, Abraham, go into a land that I will show you. 
Sometimes that's what God speaks to us. Sometimes the directions aren't as clear as we would like. Sometimes it says, go and make disciples. Okay, how? Go. Go into this land. And then other times, God is very clear. Sometimes God says, hey, I want you to build an ark. And I want it to be this long and this wide and this high. And okay, cool. We could do that. Or, or we're going to build a tabernacle, and it's going to be this high, and, this, and you're going to use these materials. And sometimes he's very meticulous. Sometimes he gives us A, B, C, D, and sometimes he just says go. And the thing is, either way, sometimes we can get stuck on the how. Sometimes we can spend so much time on the how that we forget the vision in the first place. We forget what we're working towards in the first place. We spend lots and lots of time on the how. Imagine Noah building that ark day after day. It took the man a hundred years. I don't know if I could do anything for a hundred years. I mean, just imagine the Lord speaks to you, build this boat, and, you, and there's this thing called rain, which, by the way, has never happened up to that point. And this thing called rain is going to fall from the sky, and you're going to need to get on this boat because the rain's going to be so bad it's going to flood the, the earth um, imagine being Noah and going out and telling all your friends that. Hey, guys, um, God spoke to me. There's going to be this thing called rain. Well, what's rain? Uh, you know, water, it's going to come from the sky. Imagine being there. Um, that would be like the equivalent of me getting here one day and saying, hey, listen, guys, um, God spoke to me, and I'm just going to let you all know that um, chocolate is just going to start falling <laughs> off of all the trees. And y'all would look at me like, okay, pastor, it's weird. I ain't going back to that church. He's, like, he's preaching chocolate trees. But imagine being there. And Noah's like, hey, listen, God's, this rain is going to happen. Talk about faith. And he works for 100 years. Some of us get depressed after a week of no results. A month of like, man, it's been a really hard month. Oh, this year was hard. A man worked on a boat for 100 years for this thing that they had never seen happen. Sometimes God gives us a plan. Sometimes we don't fully understand it, but we just have to step out and walk and go. Sometimes it's easy to get stuck on the how. Sometimes so much that we forget what we were working for in the first place. Sometimes we work on the how so long that we become cynical and judgmental. And the next thing you know, the world begins to look different. And our vision begins to look different. It begins to look shaded. Till we can no longer see the future that we once saw, but we can only see our future as it once was. Let me say that again. I have a picture for that. We can no longer see our future for what it, it should be but we could only see for what it once was. Looking into the past. What is your vision for the future? Can all you do is look back? Maybe your past has some hurt and some pain. Maybe your past is filled with some regrets or things of that nature. Is that how you see your future? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you hope 
and a future. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life and longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we, as a people, will get there to that promised land. Dr. Martin Luther King. I also have a vision. I also have a dream. I also feel like I have been to a mountaintop where I've come here to Brunswick County and I've seen what this place can be. I've seen what it can look like. I've seen a church that could be much like a lighthouse. To be somewhat of a city set on a hill. That we could fill the hearts and minds of people about this one guy named Jesus. That our lights can so shine that others would see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. I see all of these people that just need to know Jesus. I see hope for our area. I see hope for our county. I see people coming to know Jesus. I see Christians that have been Christians all their life getting off of the bench and getting into the game. I see gifts being activated. I see visions and dreams coming forth. I see excitement on people's faces. I see people from all walks of life coming together to worship God. Young and old. Rich and poor. White and black. To come and to know him. In the words of Dr. King, I have a dream. Do you have a dream this morning? I have a dream that we will open our hearts to the poor and to the lonely. I have a dream to see marriages restored. I have a dream that we would not just make it through the hard times, but that we would be more than conquerors. I have a dream that we would rise above the challenges that face us. I have a dream. Approximately 250,000 people gathered on August 28, 1963 in front of the Lincoln Memorial to, give Dr. to hear Dr. King give his speech, I Have a Dream. What amazes me about this speech is he didn't go around telling people what was wrong with America. He ran around telling people what he believed about America, what he dreamed about America. I don't need to tell you what's wrong with the church. I don't need to tell you what's wrong with our county. Anybody that spent more than 20 minutes here can do that. 
I would rather tell you what I believe about the church. I would rather tell you what I dream for the church. Often the church is referred to as a hospital. I would say that this is untrue. I don't see the church as a hospital. I see the church as a battleship with a hospital on board. Let me repeat that. I don't see the church as a hospital. I see the church as a battleship with a hospital on board. Do we take in the broken and the hurting? Yes, we do. And we see people get healed, but we do that for the purpose of sending them out again to get back on the lines again and to fight again, to see people restored, not just healed, to be healed for a purpose, to be saved for a purpose, to get back out on the line, where blind eyes are opened, opened not just for the sake of vision, but for the sake of the testimony of the one who opened them. Chris was healed of cancer. How many years ago? 18 years ago. He wasn't healed just to be healed, but he was healed to give testimony to the one who healed him. Do you allow yourselves to dream this morning? Do you allow yourselves to have vision? Dreams and vision, they go hand in hand. Because if we only see with our eyes, we will never allow ourselves to dream. And if we only dream, we never open our eyes to the world that's around us. Now there's a fine line between being a dreamer and living in dreamland. And we all know some of those, those folks. We've even maybe been some of those folks. Because the dream is great. The dream is wonderful. But here is the trick. The trick is how do we ver- merge the vision and the dream and make them one? How do we merge what we see with our eyes open and what we see with our eyes closed and make them one? How can we dream with eyes wide open? How can we merge the two? Well, this is where the plan comes in. In the Bible, it's clear that all that God desires that all men might be saved. This is the way the world should be. That all men might be saved. Well, what is? The reality is that there's sinners trapped in their sin and there's no way out. So how? How did God answer this question? He sent his son. He sent his son to do what none of us, none of us else could do. To die for us. To make a way to be one with the Father. The church. What should it look like? It should look like a people that loves God and loves people. The church should be a light in a dark place. The church 
should be that lighthouse, that city set on a hill. Well, what is the reality? The reality is there's a lot of churches that are splitting and fighting. There's a lot of churches that don't show love and that often hurt people. Maybe you've been hurt before. So how? What's the plan? How do we change what should be and what is? Well, how about we start a community of people that absolutely make it their mission in life to simply love God and share his love with the world? What's our vision? To love God and share his love with the world. To love him so much and to make him known to those that are around us. To teach and to preach and to worship God who is champion over sin and death, who has a plan and a purpose, whose vision and dream for us is the best life we could possibly live, even if that plan and that dream and that vision isn't what we think it is. One more time, that verse, uh, Jeremiah. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. We've heard that quoted so many times. Let me give you a little context of this scripture. This scripture verse is a letter written to people in captivity. Jesus, the words that are here, the plans I imagine being there, enslaved. And hearing God say, I know the plans I have for you, plans for a hope and a future, when the reality is all you see is you're a slave. You may feel like you're enslaved this morning. You may feel like everything that God is speaking to you is the complete opposite of what you're seeing with your eyes, what you're dreaming in your mind, and what the reality is of this world and community and world that you're living in. We have a choice to make. Are we going to listen to what he says or what we say? Um, uh, my friend, my, my pastor, uh, Tim Holt, he's a pastor of uh, Seacoast down in Myrtle Beach. Um, he has this quote that he always loves to say, and it stuck with me. He says, uh, and it's a surfing term. He says this, you never know unless you go. And it's referring to, you know, when you're on the wave and it's this huge waves coming and it's scary, but you don't know if you're going to make it unless you give it a shot. So many people back out at the last minute because it's scary. Uh, same thing could be said at times for all of us when things kind of get scary and get kind of crazy. But here's the reality. You don't know unless you go. You don't know until you take that step of faith just how God might show up, just how he might just do something incredible and just like, wow, never expected that. Never, wow, you don't know unless you go. Now, I know there's been times where I've been surfing. I I spent a few years in Indonesia, and I got to surf some really, really big waves. And I loved it when I made it, you know? It was just the best feeling of the world. It's huge wave you drop in. And then there's other times where you just don't. You shouldn't have went. (laughs) And you're under the water, and you're thinking to yourself, I'm way out of my league here. Oh, Lord, if you could just let me find air. (laughs) I'll go surf back in the kiddie pool. <laughs> but you don't know unless you go. I had this buddy, and we went to uh, G-Land, which was this like really, really famous surf spot. And the reef is seriously about 
a foot, there's like a foot of water, and then there's razor-sharp reef. And we're out there surfing, and this one, it's probably a good 15-foot wave comes through, and he just drops in. And when he does, like we had been there all day, we were actually there with a, a professional photographer that was taking uh, photos for a magazine. And the guy I was surfing with was, uh, used to be pro uh, surfer in uh, South Africa. He drops in on this incredible wave. And the photographer just gets these amazing, amazing shots that make the magazines and everything. And uh, we're talking later, and uh, Joey's talking to me, and he's just like, man, I almost didn't go on that wave. He's like, and if I wouldn't have gone on that wave, I wouldn't have had any other photos for the rest of the day. That was like the one wave. You don't know unless you go. Um, Sometimes you make it, sometimes you don't. That's just the reality. Sometimes you take that step of faith and it just feels like you've just totally missed it. It's all right. The Bible talks about this guy called the righteous man. He gets back up and he just keeps on trying. Let let me go ahead and be honest with you here. I've tried tons of things at this church. Most of them have failed. Most of the things that I tried, I was like, oh, this is a great idea. We're going to do this and then this will happen. And then it doesn't work. I was like, man. And then other things, like, oh, wow, it actually worked. But you don't know unless you go. This, uh, this last week, I had to go up to Virginia uh, for, a, for a trip, for a conference. And um, I'm riding with Tim again, and he's, he's punching in the address for our GPS and uh, whatever it was. And there's, there's the lady talking, and she talks every time I talk. So she's, like, totally rude and interrupting me, you know. <laughs> turn right after 800 feet right I'm like lady just be glad you know so he puts it in there and he puts in the the destination point and he's like oh i don't i don't like that route look look on this route there this isn't the fastest way so he puts in another change route now, oh wait this route has a dirt road nope change route and wouldn't we like to do that like with god and his plans for us like oh no not that route lord another route whoa dirt road And here's the thing, you want to kind of tell God, like, his plan, like, listen, God, this is not the most cost-effective way of doing it, and this definitely isn't the fastest way of doing it, so how about we just rework this plan to be kind of like this GPS? And God says, nope. God says things to to David, you know, he's anointed king, you know what happens after he's anointed king? He goes back into the field and starts tending sheep again. Not long after that, he... He's dodging spears. Not long after that, he's hiding in caves. And yet, God has a plan, and he was anointed king. Sometimes getting there, God doesn't take the fastest track. God doesn't take the most cost-effective way of doing it. The reality is we'll leave here, and my hope is that you'll begin to dream and vision your future, being a part of church, being a part of this community, being a part of letting our light shine. And, but the thing is, uh, God will speak to you and he'll begin to open your eyes and he'll begin, but you're going to go back into the field. Tomorrow morning, nine o'clock will roll around and most of you guys will go to work. And you're going to have to walk this thing out. And therein lies, how do we merge the vision and the dream? How do we merge what we know should be with what is and what could be and make them a reality? It's easy to give up. It's easy to get focused on the plan and the ABCs, and we have to remember that 
It's God's plan. We have to be flexible. Again, that verse in Proverbs. A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. In other words, it's great to have your plan. Have a plan. Have a plan of attack. Know what you're going to do. I'm going to do this. But be flexible because sometimes God says, nope, go this way. I plan this, but nope, go this way. Are we flexible? Are we pliable? Sometimes we lose sight of the vision and the dream just because we're not flexible. For I know the plans I have for you, God could speak those things even in the midst of a situation that's not ideal. We could have our plans, we could have our dreams, but we must remain flexible. The last verse. The thing, uh, uh, Joel, things that God's speaking to us. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. We read that, but let me give you in context of what it's talking about. This right here would be totally contrary to the thought of the day. The very first line, I will pour out my spirit on all people. That didn't happen back then. The way of thinking was the people that got the spirit poured out, they were only the priest, only the kings, only the people that were in prominent recognition with the Lord. Those were the people that God poured his spirit out. Sons and daughters prophesying, again, this would not happen. This was for the older folks. This was for the people that had been around that were serving inside the temple. They have the right to prophesy. Young, young guys and girls, keep your mouth shut. Your old men will dream dreams. Now this, even today, this is the kind of thing, this wouldn't happen. Old, old guys dreaming dreams. Uh, as a majority, as people get older, their dreams start to fade. Then it just becomes really, mostly, our older generation really just has visions. They're not really dreaming dreams because they're thinking, well, i only got so much time left. But that's not what this says. It says, even in your old age, you're going to be dreaming ahead. Even in your old age, you're going to be looking for those things to come. Again, the opposite. Your young men will see visions. Young guys don't have no vision for the future. Their biggest thing is, how can I afford to supersize it? You know? Young men are full of dreams. They're not full of vision. But God's saying, you know, I'm going to take all your ways of thinking, and I'm going to flip them upside down. Your old men are going to dream dreams. Your young men are going to see. Even my servants, both men and women, back then, men and women, there wasn't equal rights. Women, keep your mouth shut. The guys are talking. He's saying both men and women, I'm going to pour out my servants. I'm going to pour out my spirit. and I'm going to show wonders in the heavens and on earth. God is speaking this and giving this message that says, everything that you've been thinking, I'm changing it all. All the ways that you know I'm going to do something different. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. People that you didn't think, man, I'm going to pour out my spirit on them. You're going to have visions and dreams and hope for a future. You're going to be in your older years, and you're going to still be excited about what God has for you. You're going to be young, and you're going to have an incredible vision for the future so much so that it's going to inspire the people around you. Do you have a dream? Do you have a vision? I have a dream and I have a vision for this church. I so want to invite you guys to join along with me. To be a church that simply loves God 
and loves people. A city set on a hill. That our lights would so shine that others would see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. So do I have a plan? Of course. But it's flexible. Part of that plan is this. Part of that plan is having leadership. So I'm going to invite the seven couples uh, up here that are part of the leadership team. And I want to introduce these guys to you uh, for the church just so you can get to know them. This has been a presentation of Coastal Vineyard Church, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information on who we are and how you can support future podcasts, visit us on the web at www.coastalvineyard.org. Come to the sea.